The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. And we're back. Welcome back to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, a show that looks at business ups, downs, challenges, and successes, especially as we navigate through uh, the coronavirus and beyond. And I am Pat Lynch, your host, and I am joined with my co-host, the eminent, and I just made that one up, the eminent uh, Dr. Lauren Murfield. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty nice, huh? You're getting into into three-syllable words. That's impressive, Pat. But uh, that, no, that encyclopedia toilet paper is really working out for me. Well, that I, I'm, I'm just stay with it. I, I like the results. But today we have got a fantastic guest. It's one that I've had in my list for a long time. Just glad that we could get her here. So don't go anywhere. Focus. Turn off everything else you're doing because you're going to want to hear this. Your life may not be the same. I know. Mine hasn't been since meeting Tracy, and I literally took one session with hers, and it made a world of good. My wife's gone to her. She is a therapist of a whole different dimension. Tracy Dobrev is, well, I'm just going to let her explain what she does, because bottom line is she's a therapist that helps you get through your results quicker. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Lauren. It is a pleasure to be here with both of you and Pat today. So thanks for having me. Can you give us a 15-second description of what you do or 30-second? Yes, I can. You know, the biggest thing that distinguishes me from, say, traditional therapy or coaching approaches is that I use um, the what I call a body-level-up method, using the physiology of the body to identify where are these... Um, triggers trapped in the nervous system. So when we get exposed to something that upsets us, often that emotional brain hijacks us and takes over and we find it difficult to think or process. We, we tend to be overreactive. So in the approach I use, which is more of energy psychology approaches, working off the meridian field of the body, it, it allows you to be exposed to these situations with less reactivity. And you can keep that thinking brain on track so that you can respond versus react. So in other words, you're working with our bodies and just releasing the tension that we've built up. And I know you do it through the testing of the arms. And, and, yes. uh, and it's, it's something that people say, how can that possibly work? But until you've been through it, you really don't, you don't appreciate, wow, that's all it took? Right, so right. It, it does. It looks really strange. And when I was exposed to it um, over 20 years ago now, I remember thinking, this is really weird. I'm not sure I get this. Um, but it also piqued my curiosity. What you're referring to there is what we, we term muscle testing or applied kinesiology, or in my case, it's more of what we refer to as behavioral kinesiology, because we're looking at 
what does the body indicate through muscle testing as what is stressing it versus what's not stressing it or what's kind of keeping it trapped in a, a limited mindset versus being able to open up that mindset. Um, so it's the method, it's one of the tools that we can use to access what we call that, that subconscious wisdom of the body, because we really, I look at the body as really the holder of your subconscious memory. So in, in other words, Pat, she's talking about stress. There's no stress now, is there? No stress in America, no stress in anybody's life, really. I mean, the fact that you, there's less traffic and people are at home and, you know, yeah, no, no worries at all. And rarely wearing pants, right? <laughs> we're all on Zoom. Yeah, none of us should stand up, right? <laughs> yes, you have, to be, you have to train yourself. Do not stand up under any circumstance. Uh, <laughs> No, so, in fact, kind of funny story, but uh, yeah, you learn uh, if you've if you've seen some horror stories, you learn to make sure that your microphone's turned off when you intend it to be turned off, and that your camera is secure so that it doesn't fall and photograph something that you didn't intend. And uh, there's all sorts of horror stories out there since we've been on Zoom for so long. And how how do you apply this to like business and executive coaching? Great question. You know, with business, a lot of times what I'm, I'm seeing is people, whether they're struggling with um, retaining finances in a stable format. So I've had people come in and say, you know, my business goes through a period of I'm doing great. And then all of a sudden I go down again and I do great and I go down again. And they, they seem to have these extreme swings um, in regards to managing profitability. So where I might go with them is just checking in with the, with, through the muscle testing, if it's okay to sustain financial um, income. And often I've, I've had this one actually come up, that one will go weak for people, meaning the muscle will indicate that no, it's not okay to sustain a consistent income. So when you start looking at the mindset or the beliefs behind that, there's usually something connected to the concept of deserving or struggling. So I deserve to make this kind of money and keep it. They, they are okay with the work towards getting it, but often when they actually get there, there's a part of their subconscious that kicks in and says, oh, I really don't deserve this. So then they go into actions that would sabotage their success. Um, another angle on that could be that they're, they're okay working hard and struggling for their success. But once again, they arrive at that point of where they're, they're experiencing success they don't feel comfortable without the struggle. So then they go back into a pattern where they've got to recreate struggle um, or create a condition that will create struggle once again. So that would be you know, an example of where I might work with people in terms of a business angle. It can also be with just managing people. Um, you know, the, the frustration of um, dealing with the team dynamics and the impatience and, and expectations of how people should be versus how they are and learning to accept them and work with them from that place. And sometimes, you know, I, a big giveaway if I'm working with people on a team issue is like, well, they should do, or they should do this or that. They have a lot of shoulds. And as soon as I hear that, I know that the brain has a mindset that is going to judge anything against that set place. And once we do that, we've set ourselves up for struggle. Because the moment somebody doesn't perform as you believe they should, you're going to go into judgment, which is going to create resistance, which is going to create now more um, frustration. And if that is builds over time, it can really disrupt team function. 
So there's no shoulds going on now in uh, six months of a pandemic, right? <laughs> None at all. <laughs> what What's the trends as, as we look at our trends, bins, and opportunities? How has things changed? I, I know from a therapist's perspective, you probably have changed things, and we would like to talk about that. But also, what do you see? You know, you what know, have you seen? What I've seen is obviously the stress level is up. Um, the biggest thing I think, you know, I'll look at it in two ways. From the business side, I think some of the biggest stress is coming because the priorities that keep shifting. And there's so many, right? I had a conversation last week where they said, well, these 15 things are priority. And I said, well, if everything's a priority, then nothing's a priority. Right. I mean, you, you can't have 15 priorities and be effective, <laughs> which, you know, and I, and I think, you know, just our just the information we receive on a daily basis from the CDC or everything, it's shifting constantly. And that lack of really knowing what do I need to do or not do that's happening in the businesses as well. And, and there's a tremendous amount of, of stress regarding what do we respond to, right? Um, so that's happening a lot on the business front. On the personal front, what I see is people tired. Um, they're so stressed and they're so overwhelmed with trying to keep up with everything. And then obviously managing the situations at home with kids. Um, they are just overwhelmed and exhausted and trying to figure out how to manage their emotional space so that they have the energy to do what they need to do. Hey, when we get back, let's explore that a little bit. We've kind of got, no pun intended, a perfect storm. We've, you know, we're, we're, we're in the middle of hurricane season and wow, what a hurricane season we're having, right? And then we've got the pandemic, the economy, um, the election, no stress involved in that, right? Because um, depending on which side you're on, it's the same argument. The world is never going to be the same if you don't vote our way and our life as we know it is over. And so when we get back from the break, let's talk about that a little bit more. If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. Okay, so we were talking about, Tracy, you know, we've got the pandemic, we've got the economy downturn job losses, some jobs coming back, working from home, kids at home, uh, the election, hurricanes, and an active hurricane season at that. that we have been so blessed in Tampa Bay to okay, not I need, have had I need a, a session about now after all that. I need to <laughs> just, just name it at <laughs> all. <laughs> just name it at off wears you out, right? It and, does. And, uh, so how have all these neg negatively impacted us? You know, it is exactly what you said there, Pat. Everything is polarized at this point. Um, everything's extreme. And, and what people are realizing is that living in the extremes is exhausting, right? And we don't solve, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't solve anything from living in extremes. Um, one of the things I've done a lot of conflict resolution work over the years in corporate world. And when people come to the table, typically you're dealing with these two polarized viewpoints. You know, people have very extreme viewpoints. 
So what I point out often to them is, okay, we're, we're all entitled to our opinion, but if we look at the bigger goal, the bigger goal is you want this organization to be successful. And we, we won't find a pathway to success if we stay just polarized into our extremes. So let's start looking for where are our commonalities? Where are those places that we can come together and work together? Um, even if we have some very differing opinions um, on, on you know, what we believe at, at certain places. And it's really aligning them around what, what are we together on versus what are we apart on. And, and certainly right now, the media has gotten a hold of all the extremes of what we're against, right? How we're against each other. You don't see a lot of messaging around there um, on any commonalities. But if you look behind, if we take just the extreme situation of the, the political climate or the health climate and the hurricane season, the common emotion behind all of it is fear, right? Fear that I'm not gonna be okay. Fear that my loved ones are not gonna be okay. And we can all relate to fear. We don't like it and we're all looking for a pathway to, to manage it or to minimize it. And that's where we need to start the conversations a lot of times is what am I really afraid I'm going to lose? How, what, how am I afraid this is going to affect me if this person gets elected or if this person doesn't wear a mask or if this person does? And begin the conversations around that because what you'll discover is that we can all relate to feeling out of control, right? Feeling fear that we can't really control and learning then to come into a place of acceptance of being in a lack of control. And that's what I probably work with my clients on a lot is let's move out of these polarized positions and come into a place where, of the, where I call more harmony, which is, you know, we can't control every variable, but what we can control is this thing on top of our head, this brain, <laughs> and it can do a lot to help us mitigate the stress levels, but we have to use it correctly. We have to use it with um, consciousness. And too often we let it run rampant into these unconscious places. And then that's what I, in my opinion, that's what we see in the climate right now with the world is that we're unconsciously just reacting. We're not thinking. And we need to come back to using our brains, thinking constructively. You know, what is it Einstein said? You can't solve a problem at the level of consciousness at which it was created, right? We're gonna to have to rise to a higher level of consciousness to solve some of these issues. And, and that's not by blaming or pointing the finger, but by aligning around where we have similarities. So Tracy, you're telling us that what we really need to do is learn to think bigger. Yes, exactly, <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> One of our themes is to think bigger, retire, do what we never thought possible. And, Absolutely. And I, I love that. So with these trends, if we don't interrupt them, what's the result? Well, if we don't interrupt them, I think you can, you'll continue to see what we're seeing, which is further destabilization, further polarity, further reactivity, where people become more isolated. They begin to shut down further and, and back into their corners. And we all know that's a really dangerous place for our reactive brains to be, because when we get backed into those corners, there's where people are really hijacked by that fight, flight, freeze mechanism in the reptilian brain. And they're not making wise decisions. In fact, they're not making decisions at all. They're just reacting to the chemical cues that are going on in the brain that are connected to fear triggers. 
Um, and this is where we see the, you know, I watched something the other night on the news that was crazy where this person, you know, pulled out a gun and the other guy didn't even have a gun and shot him. And he was just, well, I was scared, but that's clearly overreacting to a situation that there was no thinking involved there. Um, and I, my concern is if we don't interrupt it and we don't start thinking bigger as you're suggesting there is we'll see more of that. Um, and it, it can, it'll continue to, to escalate and, and really create bigger problems in the society as a whole. Is there one age group that's more susceptible or more affected by this? You know, that's a great question. And I really haven't seen that there is. I've got kids on my schedule at this point where parents are bringing them in because they're very stressed. I've got um, young people in their 20s and 30s that are trying to figure out, some of them are just graduating college, trying to figure out how to find a job and how they're gonna manage this situation. I've got parents and then I have, um, Older people that are retired, just very overwhelmed and stressed by the conditions as a whole and, and you know, just the world not being like it used to be and really trying to figure out how to navigate in this new condition. And um, you know, resilience is becoming a really big theme right now in a lot of the corporate world workshops they're asking for is, is how do we develop resilience? Um, because people on, at all levels are really, really struggling with this. That's fascinating. And, and even, isn't resilience and the rest of it, to get a little technical, isn't the main thing we're trying to do is get out of operating out of the amygdala, which is the emotional center, and into the neocortex, which yes. is logic? Yes. We're literally operating out of a different part of our brain. Correct. Correct. And, and that's the part that I, you know, I really love that there's so many developments in neuroscience and, and so much science around how the brain works and they're discovering more every day. But what we really see is that if we can train ourselves to shift from that react, overreactive emotional brain up into our thinking center, that neocortex, our ability to manage through very challenging situations goes up exponentially. And you know, even if you just take the illustration from the military of taking people that are purposely, let's say the you know, Navy SEALs or the highly trained elite people, what they're doing is exposing them on you know, purpose to extremely stressful conditions to train their body to stay calm even in the presence of people shooting at them or whatever it may be. And then they're able to stay up out of the amygdala, out of the emotional reactive brain and think and perform amazing things, even in conditions that most of us wouldn't survive, right? Um, so we know it's possible. It's just, you really have to, like I said earlier, there has to be some conscious thought directed around how you're gonna do that. When we get back uh, from our break, uh, let's talk about specific things we should be doing now that we've recognized there's a problem. If you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. Okay, so we've, we've realized, we figured out what the problem is. We're messed up. 
just a little. <laughs> you know, I was a cop for 22 years. You got to break it down into, into one syllable things. And, uh, you know, I don't know if cuckoo is, no, no, we're all a little cuckoo, I think. But, right. but <laughs> so we know what the problem is, but what specific actions can we take to be productive to overcome some of this? So I think the first thing that people need to realize is, is when they come in to see me and I'm, they're talking to me about all the different things that are stirring them up, I bring them back to what's the one thing you can control first, and that's you, right? We can't control the outside environment. We can't control what other people are going to say or post on Facebook or how they're going to act. But we can control ourselves and our mental and emotional responses. So I think the first thing is creating the awareness that where you have the ability to create control is within you, right? Then the key is just learning different techniques about how you train yourself to be more conscious and conscientious of how you're going to show up. Um, and there's so many techniques out there, whether you like to practice meditation, um, whether you get into yoga, um, you know, if it's extra, I have one woman who, who runs, but that's her, her mental decompression time where everything settles down. Um, it could be any activity where you're tuning into your mental, emotional space and recognizing when things are upsetting you and really looking at what am I telling myself about what's upsetting me? You know, what's my language? So one of the things I'll do sometimes when people think about an upsetting situation is have them really go into that, close their eyes and think about it. And then ask them, what are you telling yourself about this situation? So let's go back to my earlier example of the boss saying, well, they, this employee should um, follow up and do all these things that they're supposed to do. And I said, okay. So let's then look at when, when that languaging begins to occur in your head, tell me what you feel in your body. So now I'm connecting what the language in the brain is to what the physiological experience, because as they sit there, they'll go, well, I feel my shoulders getting tense, or I feel my breathing getting shallow. I feel my stomach getting upset. There could be a hundred different physical responses that they have, but what I'm trying to help them recognize is you're creating this by your thought. You're creating your reality by your thought alone. So it reasons that if you can create that reality in your body by that thought, what happens if we start to create a different thought? And so then we work on, let's, let's try some different imaging. Let's try a different sentencing. Let's try, what are we accepted that you would prefer that they followed up and did the phone calls that you want them to do, but you recognize that may not happen. And so you're not going to go into resistance to this situation when it arises, you're going to accept that it arises. And then we're going to talk about what some things you could do to take positive empowered action to maybe rectify this situation to improve the situation. And then notice I'll have them think about that and then say, so what's happening in your body when you think about taking a different course of action? And they'll say, well, you know, and I'll even watch them. I mean, I can sit there and watch them in the chair and they just all of a sudden you see them take a deep breath and their shoulders drop down and they go, oh, I just, it feels easier, right? It feels like I'm not so tense. And so really I try to help them correlate the how powerful their thought is in impacting their physical state of being. 
And so then we, they say, oh, well, that's great when I'm sitting here talking to you because you can make me think that, but that's where we have to start developing new thought patterns, new, new languaging. Um, and I say it's often like exercising a muscle at the gym. You can't go do one bicep curl and have great biceps, right? Same with the brain. The brain needs the exercise of when we have the negative statement or thought run through, we need to train ourselves to replace that with a different statement or thought and really recognize the, uh, the physical changes in our body when we do so. Well, Tracy, I've heard it said that literally what you do, there's grooves in your brain from your old patterns of thinking. And what we have to do is create a new groove. Correct, Lauren. You know, and there's so much um, science on that, even from the, the stroke victims, right? Because in the past, they believed with stroke victims that they had a stroke, that that was they were done, and if they had, couldn't walk or talk anymore, that was it. They were just going to be a vegetable. Um, what they know now is that the part of the brain that has the stroke, that tissue has died. That doesn't regenerate. But the brain can literally grow new neural pathways so that people, they see people being able to learn to talk again, to walk again if they've had a severe stroke. They can recover many of the um, you know, abilities that they might have lost in the initial stroke. And so the brain is, is what we call neoplastic, right? Um, it continues to grow and adjust. And, and they often say, you know, if we didn't have a skull, it would get bigger and bigger because it's like a muscle that as you use it, it continues to develop. Um, but yeah, it, and I tell clients, you know, like the exercise I just did, I said, now we've just kind of cut a new pathway. And it's like, if you walk through the woods one time, you won't even really be able to tell that you walk through the woods. And that's kind of what we've done with your brain right there. But every time you practice this, you're retracing that pathway. So now the brain over time will begin to default to a more positive way of looking at that situation if somebody's not showing up or doing what the boss wants at work. Um, instead of going immediately into the negative dialogue, there's like, okay, well, what do I need to look at here? Maybe my there's some training or some things I need to adjust in how I'm communicating with this person that can improve the outcome I'm getting. So, you know, and, the, and then the muscle testing work or the kinesiology work often helps just make that a little faster so that we can cut those paths a little easier with less resistance. Hey, when we get back from the break, let's talk about um, conflict management, stress management, and then team building. sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. Okay, so how can you apply this like for conflict management uh, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, maybe a couple, uh, two co-workers or in a team, such a thing? Well, in conflict management, it goes a little bit back to what I said before, you know, people will come in polarized onto um, extreme ends of a position or concept. Um, if we're looking at a marriage, you know, let's say it's about um, one person working more hours and the other wanting more time. So they, they kind of see it as, well, I have to work and the other's like, well, I'm not having any time. And so they might get really polarized around what they want the other person to do because they believe that the only way I can rectify this is that person has to change their behavior, right? So now you end up in a power struggle and whether that's in a marriage or whether that's in a corporate setting, um, 
where I typically come in is at the point where there's the power struggle going on. And by helping them recognize we can't force, right? Well, we can sometimes, but force is going to build resentment. If we try to get into a power struggle of forcing people to do things, you might get a temporary response. Somebody might go, okay, fine, I'll come home early tonight and we'll have dinner. But if they're not really committed or bought into that action, what's building behind that is resentment, which is really going to only derail that relationship down the line. So we really have to move into what are the fears again? What is it that you're worried can happen if you leave work early? What is it worried that can happen if, if he doesn't come home and have dinner with you at a certain time? And usually it's fear of losing connection, right? Fear that they're not connected as much. So then we look at, well, what are the ways you've connected in the past? And is connection just about eating dinner together, right? What other ways can we design connection where you feel that emotional togetherness with your partner versus trying to impose a behavioral change that may or may not really rectify the situation. So, and, and people are really, I mean, they're trying their best, right? They're, they're feeling this fear of disconnect and they go, okay, well, I need a way to fix it. So they go up into that logic brain and the logic brain will says, well, they need to come home early. We need to have dinner together, right? And then we say that and that person's at work going, well, I need to be there. I need to be with my team. I need to be responsible. If I'm not there, what if we don't make the money? So now, you know, they're both trying to figure out how to meet their needs and solve problems, but by imposing behavioral changes that may or may not make sense on the other person, we create a bigger divide. So where we have to really explore is, so what's missing? If it's some emotional connection, how are some other ways we might design getting that connection that aren't just about requiring you know, dinner every night, right? Maybe that's some nights, but not every night. And so it goes into some negotiation there, but it's back to finding out what's the fear and how do we really address the fear without just diving into behavioral changes that don't really work. So Tracy, somebody might say, okay, one session with Tracy and I'm healed for life. I never have to do anything different. <laughs> but yours is just the beginning, right? It's, it's a new skill set. It's yes. a new way of thinking. It's a new way of thinking completely. And so what opportunities come out of that then? What, what real benefits would someone see? Well, what I see is that by challenging them to do the thinking. So what are the ways that you can see um, a, a different way to connect with each other, right? What you see is it switches on in their brain differently, right? And you're, Lauren, you're a teacher, you know telling people things doesn't really do much. I mean, it, it can help, right? It gives us some knowledge. But if you're really looking for behavioral change, that's got to come from inside the person. And that is really done best by their own thinking, by their taking ownership of saying, well, I guess I could think about it this way, or I could try this. And you can just see the wheels turn on differently by empowering them to realize you can solve your problems, right? This, and, I, and I often say to clients, I'm just kind of tweaking things here. The real work happens when you walk outside my door, right? That's where the real work begins because you've got to take what you're thinking and learning here and, and the insights that are rising and you have to apply them. And that's where the, the work comes in. 
I'm kind of that checkpoint where we go, how's it working? Do we need to tweak it? What else could you learn? Let me challenge you with another thought or, or an idea here. But by them turning on that thinking brain and, and disrupting an old mindset is really what it's doing. You can see them become energized. They become empowered because they begin to see, oh, I, I can change this. This is me. This is my life. I'm not a victim to this condition or this situation. I love that. You know, our, our time is like blowing through. Um, what, how can people get in touch with you? Um, you can go to my website at www.connectionpointcoaching.com or feel free to email me at Tracy, T-R-A-C-I, at connectionpointcoaching.com. And there's, on my website, it's, there's a contact page. And, and then also, if you email me, I'll respond with further information um, to reach me. You know, Pat, this has been fantastic. How about we wrap up with a challenge? Okay. I, think it's a, I think it's a great opportunity for a challenge. I think, uh, talk about challenges, let's give a challenge. Yeah, I mean, uh, all of those people that follow us know that we end with a challenge, focusing on thinking bigger, reaching higher, and doing the impossible. The thinking bigger right here, I wanna, I wanna challenge our audience to do two things. First, listen to the language you're using, and second, notice the feelings that it creates. Um, those people that follow us know that my dissertation, my, my graduate work focused on the emotional power of language to create and destroy. One of those things, Tracy, that comes out of that is that, uh, that, that I, part of my work, was that there's an iconic, um, there's a picture that comes with words. And I like the way you're saying that there's a feeling. So folks, as you're feeling stressed or feeling anything negative, and I'd also argue, note the positive, I challenge you to think about the words and what it does to your body. And then I wanna challenge you to reach higher. Don't just use the knee-jerk reaction of emotions, but feel yourself shifting from that amygdala, that emotional center, to the neocortex, frontal neocortex, to where you're saying, I'm switching into logic from emotion. And break from that, create a new path. And once you do that, I think you'll find that you're able to create more common ground, you're able to create collaboration out of competition, and you're able to do things that other people say, what's that, Pat? Holy crap, how'd you do that? Absolutely. Great podcast, isn't it? It's a great podcast. Great, great segue into it, into a, a quick plug for our podcast. Holy crap, how'd they do that? That's the show that looks at disruptive thinking. That's on the website now, right? Go to totalcareergrowth.com. You'll find it right there. Or you can still go to thinkingdisruptive.com. That's up on my right shoulder. But either one of them will take you right to the podcast. So with that, Tracy, this is dynamite material. I, I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to it a couple more times. Uh, it's just good material and um, great work. You've got lots of resources. I still would like to see a book. I, okay. I think what you've got is <laughs> fantastic. So I'll have to tap into you for that one. Get me started. <laughs> oh, you know, I, 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 just started an, I just started another one this morning. 
you know, might as well start awesome. at 23 or 24. That's what's happened, folks. If you want to do what you've never done before, if you just want to get through the day without stress, think bigger, reach higher, let's do something. Thank you, Tracy. This has been fantastic. And with that, we do our COVID handshake, which is Jazzy hands. Jazzy hands. Again, take care. Thank Thanks, you Tracy. so much. Thank Good you. Time. It was awesome. You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.